Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Market View Wrap on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero, joined in the studio by finance presenter JP Ong and on the phone by our favorite person at the SGX, Jeff Howie. Now, the SGX is not... Uh, I think everyone across the region is having a little bit of a doldrum day today. It is more red than green. The SDI down 1.43% right now. But I guess yeah. it was expected. Can we call it Freaky Friday? Is that uh, an apt uh, s- description? But, you know, I mean, uh, we, we yes, uh, markets are down at the moment. I'll lay, I'll lay out the table for, for everyone before we, let, uh, before we ask Jeff to Do come the in with lifting. the... Well, lay out, lay out the, uh, the, f- the fine china for us, right? Uh, right? The Straits Times Index today is down by 1.4%. And yes, we have fallen below 2,500 in today's session. 36 points in the red, 2,495. And you're seeing about 705 million Singapore dollars in total value turnover. 285 stocks, REITs and trusts currently in the red and 93, Derek called them 93 survivors at the moment that are managing some gains across that. But it's really happened across the region and, and no surprises after Wall Street last night took a turn you know, to did a bit of a U-turn. The tech-heavy Nasdaq fell by about 5%. The S&P 500 also closing 3.5% in the red. And the Dow Jones index falling by about 2.8%. And that's leading to markets pretty much across the Asia-Pacific region. Um, just painting this very solid wall of red. The Nikkei 225 is down by 1.1% in Tokyo. Right in Australia, the ASX 200 also trading about 2.9% low, about 2.9% lower. Um, uh, that's that's one of the deeper tumbles we've seen down in Sydney. The South Korean Kospi also down by about 1.3%. Um, the Taiwan Weighted Stock Exchange trading about 1% in the red. Shanghai and Shenzhen do, both down by 1.3% and 1.7% uh, today. And the Hang Seng also falling by about 411 points. We've fallen below 2,500. The Hang Seng has now fallen below 25,000. So we've seen some of these uh, uh, some of these uh, retreats below some of these uh, these uh, support levels that we've identified before and we'll, we can only hope that this is only a temporary thing but I think the big question is look everyone was expecting was uh, asking when would the party on Wall Street actually end when would the tech driven rally actually end because there has to be some form of a correction it seems that we're seeing signs of that right now but it is worth to worth it's worth pointing out that one day of deep losses um, doesn't really make for a downward trend. But again, this is significant and this is worth raising, I think. And we're seeing that uh, some, of these, uh, some of these pressures that we're seeing in the U.S. is cascading into Asia and especially here on the SGX. At the moment, I'm looking at the entire SDI and nobody is in the green from the looks of things. Everybody seeing pretty uh, steady losses. I think Comfort Delgro was the only one that was still steady but trading unchanged and flat. Yes, they're still flat at about $1.51 a piece. But so far, they, everybody else seems to be making a hasty retreat at the moment. You're not <clears throat> looking at the shopping counters, are you? Like, you know, Isetan and Cortino? Um, <laughs> not, not really, no. <laughs> Uh, let's see how Isetan is doing today. Three and a half percent up. Yes, they are one of the few, one of the few survivors in today's session. Um, but uh, yeah, Isetan up uh, with about what is this? Um, less than a million Singapore dollars in value turnover at the moment. So it's a it's a three and a half percent rise, but you know, not not as much action as we'd like to see out at Isetan. That's not bad action for today's market. Yeah. Hello, um, SBH is up one percent. 
one dollar and seven cent. Oh, to, um, is it really? Yeah, that's, that's, I guess that's what I'm on the program here for. <laughs> it is trading one percent in the green out. at the moment. Oh, yeah. well done, SBH. And we didn't want to toot our own horn, but yeah, oh, I guess, yeah, I guess we they're doing it well. Yeah, we were being coy, Jeff. We left it for you to say. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, now it has been an, you know, every time I say it has been an interesting week, it really is the portent of, it's been a, a, a bit uh, painful for some people, but it has really been an interesting week. If you were in big tech in the US, you probably made a lot of money before today. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, the, if you go back, uh, you say an interesting week, it's been an interesting two weeks for tech mm, stocks mm. because it was really not this Monday um, we've just had, but the one, Monday before, which would have been 24th of August. That's when the S&P, NASDAQ, we had a little bit of a gap up from the weekend and then these, these, the, we continue to chip away at these new highs. So effectively, the sell-off last night took us back to where we were um, when we gapped up on that Monday morning on the 24th of August. So it's in effect, it's a little bit less than two weeks as far as how far we've gone back for these major indices. And of course, S&P 500's a key one because technology, uh, interactive media, uh, communications and the consumer stocks that are tech related, in addition to healthcare, make up a, the majority weighting of that index. So it was always going to have an impact here. But we did see, I guess, a number of measured moves. If you wanted to look at, okay, what went up back to those, uh, I guess, 24th of August levels while the um, stocks went down, the US dollar actually went back up to where it was on the 24th of August while the stocks came back to where they were on the 24th of August. So a little bit of a two-week rebalancing, if you will. And it, it, it does have an effect here and across the region, as you correctly pointed out, because um, although we've got just the two tech stocks in the STI, which is effectively Venture Corporation and Maple Tree Industrial Trust, we've got another four stocks um, that are very um, high-tech related that do trade amongst our 50 most actives on a day-to-day -day basis. It's, of course, UMS Holdings, Netlink, NBN, uh, AEMs in there, as well as uh, Keppel DC REIT. So, so you do have, um, you know, effect on our leaderboard, as, as, you, as you correctly pointed out. You have to, um, you know, sift through a few stocks to see, um, go through to the green. But I guess the one thing that, we, you know, when we do talk about these big overnight moves, and, and we do have to point it out because of what we saw in March, that at least the selling last night, it was not indiscriminatory. You know, basically... That um, while you had the, you did have gold sell off as well. You had the healthcare stocks sell off. You had the tech. You also had the finance stocks, but not as much. So finance stocks really only declined about a third of what the tech stocks did. That was kind of expected because you know the the, the banking is particularly for the banking stocks. They have been so aligned this year in in terms of their performances. Uh, our banks are down around 20% year to date now. And guess what? The um, the global banks, top global banks by uh, market cap, let's say the top quartile, top 25% of global banks by market cap, they're also down exactly 20%. But nonetheless, what, what is interesting too is is for our banks as well. We, we're seeing that these, these come off somewhat. And uh, if you look at you know dividends now and the banks, and remember uh, the MAS has uh, directed our banks to cap their FY20 dividend distributions to 60% of what they distributed last year. Um, and that's obviously to bolster bolster their buffers, you know, um, serve serve credit needs and potential issues that might flare up. Uh, so if you take that into consideration and you work out, okay, 60% 
of the distributions last year, what does that effectively mean the maximum yield for this year could be? Currently at these prices going into the lunch break, um, the three banks are averaging a 3.8% dividend yield based on what they can maximum uh, distribute uh, based on FY19 levels. So so that's pretty high when you consider that global banking sector, the, the big banks across the world, the top quartile by market value, their yields are uh, you know in the early four percent, around the four up to four point four percent. So it's not not far off the uh, the global norm for a dividend. And of course, you got to remember these are in in Singapore banks that uh, do rate pretty highly with Global Finance magazine, you know, rating them the three safest banks in Asia and so forth. So there's measured moves, if you will. So we're seeing obviously the banks not fall as much as our AM holdings and so forth. No, Jeff, I do want to ask you, do you think that this is the start of perhaps a, uh, a a pullback for markets, or do you think that this is the start of a possible sector rotation? There have been talks about perhaps people getting out of tech and maybe going into other parts of the markets also. What's your take? Do you think this is just a momentary step back and pause, or do you think folks are just trying to recalibrate and, and some of these investors might be trying to reposition into other areas of the markets that might some might say are more neglected uh, over, over the last couple of months? Yeah, well, there's two key reasons uh, people are asking that. First of all, there was no economic uh, catalyst for last night's move. I think that there is a slight catalyst in that we, we are making progress. No, no matter what, how you look at it, you know, we've gone from um, as many as 10 million cases at the end of June up into the 20, 20 million. So I think it was up to 27 million at the end of August. But the mortality rate has come down 4.9% to 3.4%. And we are, uh, you know, I've been, been listening to your program as well throughout the week, and you have been reverting some of the news on the on the treatments and so forth, steroids, with the, which the World Health Organization has come out with talking about the effect it can have on the elderly. You know, we, we are making some progress. See, we have seen a little bit of uh, froth come out of some of the global healthcare stocks as that news has come out. But effectively, there was no other catalyst. So if you take into consideration, yeah, we are kind of, we are fighting hard to beat COVID-19. Perhaps that's been built into a lot. Economically, there was very little, except that there is a big number tonight, of course, and that's unemployment. Uh, and the rate is expected to come in at around 10% uh, unemployment rate again. Keep in mind, we're at 3.5%, below 3.5% in the US before this occurred. For the advanced economies, employment is the issue. Um, advanced economies have because we're so service orientated that uh, employment has been the key uh, variable and the key indicator of the health of the economy. So like in Singapore, where we are so focused uh, on getting jobs and upskilling workers and supporting businesses and labor markets, we're going to see a lot more of this in the US. So so the unemployment number per se, you know, it's always been a very important number, but it's a particularly very important number uh, in the US and across all advanced economies. So it, so it could have been a little bit of profit taking or trimming those positions or, or hedging some exposures ahead of this big number. But then the other reason, is that there's two reasons why you know, people are asking, is this a turn? It's because we did see in early June a similar instance. Uh, remember, as, as we went into the month of June, we saw a lot of the traditional sectors see that rotation, um, solid, strong rotation into their moves. The moves were so pronounced that we saw our banking sector, I think, gain around 10% over over a good 10 days or so. That basically, that move in early June saw a lot of the sort of tech stocks come back and that rotation into the key sectors that really matter for Southeast Asia as well. That's the finance sector made up of banks and real estate developers. So that's really a really important sector for our indices, our benchmarks here in Singapore and the STI and across the ASEAN markets. And of course, they're real, in many ways real world sectors in terms of they employ a lot of people. 
They have a lot of economic interaction with many sectors. They're really important in so many facets of the economy, both in Singapore and across the region. So uh, we're going to be watching closely on a day-to-day basis, week-to-week basis, to see and compare the performances and the rotations and the institutional flows, for instance, between the you know the healthcare sector, the tech sector, and of course these key sectors that are so important to our region. Okay, before we run out of time, uh, looking ahead to next week, are there are there other big numbers or information or reporting that we're going to be looking at, JP? Well, you know, I think uh, we start off really on Monday uh, morning with Chinese trade. So exports, imports, mm-hmm. we have seen that China's economy has started to recover. Those Caixin PMI numbers were very impressive, actually. Now we'll see what the state of external trade is for China. As we know, this is also at risk of perhaps being uh, being fragmented or fractured if the U.S.-China bi- bifurcation or the, uh, the decoupling, as some people would like to call it, does continue to build build steam. Um, we are also expecting, for instance, the um, a couple of other indicators out of Europe, for instance, German industrial production, French industrial production also coming out, and the Eurozone's GDP. But basically, these are some of the big indicators we're looking out for. I think the, the, uh, the state of trade, at least in China, is going to be one of the big ones to watch out for in a macro sense. In terms of earnings, really, uh, Sun Hong Kai out in Hong Kong, one of their biggest property developers, is set to reveal their earnings as well. All right. And of of course, we're we're hoping to see that the SDI climbs back up above twenty five hundred. Mm-hmm. I like that number. Twenty five hundred is a number that gives me a sense well, of you, security. Well, well if, if it's any consolation at the moment, we're just about seven points down from it. So, I mean, there is is there a chance for this to actually move back up? Perhaps, yeah. but then we have seen that sentiment at least is favoring at least the sellers in today's session. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, stranger things have happened in the last hour of trading. That's all I'll say. Oh, twenty five oh eight was the low on <clears throat> Tuesday. So mm-hmm. just go back four days ago, the low was 25.08. So I guess that's the immediate uh, level on the upside that will serve as some reference. And then uh, I think you've got to go back to the 3rd of August and we had a 24.78 low uh, on that day. So, so there's, you know, there's, a, there's a good um, 40, 30-point range or so, 30-point range or so that um, you know, has served as some, some potential reference for where we are at the moment. All right, guys, come on, get going and trade because Clarissa <laughs> wants look to at see twenty five hundred. Don't look at me; I watch. I don't participate. This is how I sound at you know at the betting at the tables. Horse races? Just so okay. you know, <laughs> Clarissa wants twenty five hundred. And on that note, this has been Market View Wrap on Money FM eighty nine point three. I'm Clarissa Montero, joined in the studio by finance presenter JP Ong, and on the phone by Jeff Howie from the SGX. Happy trading for the next few hours. We're going for. 2500s. You're a Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.